Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me tonight in the studio is my beautiful wife, Joanna. Joanna, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Really good. Good. Really good. Yes. We had a great weekend. Yeah, we had a lot. Yeah, we had an exciting weekend. Mm -hmm. We went down to Montrose, and me and the older boys played in a pickleball tournament. We don't need to talk about the results any. (laughs) And all the younger kids got to play in the uh, rec center down there. They have, you know, climbing wall and swimming pools and all kinds of stuff. So then today was mostly work around the house. Yep. We got caught up, cleaned up, took a nap. (laughs) That's great. I'm (laughs) glad you did those things. It's so nice. I got to teach my oldest and second oldest son how to change the oil in their car. That was great. I'm so glad you did that. Yep. And then I got to show my third oldest son how to mount rings and a scope to a rifle, which is also an important skill. Yes. All right. So before we get too far into the podcast, I got to remind everybody, please go to BibleThumperPodcast.com. And from there, you can find our podcast everywhere that you listen to a podcast. Along with that, you can find a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. And if you like this podcast, even a little bit, I mean, even if you've liked it one time for a minute before I made you mad and swore it off forever, (laughs) please go to my YouTube channel and subscribe to that. It helps get these videos in front of other people. And as far as a podcast, please rate it, like it, share it, comment on it, Whatever you can do, it helps get this podcast in front of more people. Okay, so Joanna, we were going to talk about money and children. So how much do you think you could could get for one of our children on the open market? (laughs) Yeah, when you gave the title, (laughs) that's what it sounds like. So we wanted to talk about the idea of how to teach kids about money, what to teach them, and when to teach it to them. And we have a little bit of Bible to go along with that. Right. And where were we going to start? Like when they're younger. That's what I was thinking. We should start off with. Chronological. Yeah. Let's just start from when they are a newborn. So the, the most accurate way you can describe having a newborn in terms of money, is piling up as many $100 bills as you've ever seen in your life and lighting them on fire. Right. And then every couple of weeks, you just add shovelfuls of $100 yeah. bills to that pile oh, yeah. that's still smoldering. Yep. Diapers, baby food. So my thought as far as, because we're, we're, we're really not talking about, you know, how much kids cost and stuff no. like that. We're talking about uh, how to teach kids about money. So my first thought that I had was this thing that I think is a terrible idea. It's anti-biblical, and so many people in America do it, and that is the allowance. Yeah, where I don't even know where that came from. Doesn't it, the, What's the Bible verse? If you don't work, you shouldn't eat or something. So that's not talking about children, believe it or not. Well, yes, Although I right. wish it was. I wish <laughs> right. I could extend that to right. children. But the concept is that you only get money when you work for it yeah the whole idea is that no you are not just getting money because you exist 
So the allowance, I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it started. But the idea is that we give our kids money for no reason whatsoever, just because they need some walking around money. And I don't know what age you start this at, but I think it's a terrible idea at any age. What we're doing is we're training our kids to have something, to get something for nothing. And they already get plenty of that in the realm of being taken care of. My parents love me, therefore, okay, they feed me. They clothe me. They give me this place to sleep. But the idea that we're just going to give you extra money on top of that that you can spend on, or I shouldn't even spend waste, on nonsense is a terrible idea. And what we're doing is we're training our children to not respect and not value money because it just shows up i don't have to do anything for it it just comes at regular increments before every weekend and i think that's a terrible idea yeah that's what i had in my notes it's it's not teaching them real life no and um Eh. Eh. depends (laughs) it's not teaching them in a way what real life should be be like right right and yeah i mean what i was referring to is if you get them in the habit of um you don't want them to become a productive adult and then decide they're not going to work. And that's what you're referring to in the Bible, talking about how if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Yes. But you brought you up that to, verse. Yeah. Not okay, referring, you're the bad guy. Yeah. I agree I with that verse. I'm not referring to children. You got to take care yeah, of yeah. children. But, but the, the well, way you get there yeah. is by being lazy and mm-hmm. not working and not knowing the value of a dollar and thinking exactly. that it just comes to you. And one of the problems we have in America today is we have too many horses that got unhitched and we threw them in the cart. Mm-hmm. And the number of horses left pulling the wagon isn't really able to make it up the hill quite as well anymore because there's yeah. too many horses in the cart. And that is a problem we could talk about on another sure. day, you know, as far as how the Bible works. And how God's system, a welfare system, works. Because God has one described in the Bible. And lo and behold, it is nothing like what we do in America today. That's why America's system is broken, is because we're not doing God's system. But with the allowance, we are training kids to disrespect money and not value it. Now, I'm going to give you another one. If people didn't like that first idea, they're really not going to like the second one. I don't think you should pay your kids for any chores they do around the house. I agree. And I, I wrote that down also. That maybe is what I'm referring to. It doesn't teach them real life things. You don't mm-hmm. get an allowance when you're an adult from, from who? To do yeah. your own laundry? For doing, to, yeah, for mowing the lawn. Who's giving you this yeah, money? No one's paying me. I think that they should learn this is what you do when you live in a house. Yep. You just do it. You don't do it for money. Mm-hmm. You do it so that... The home functions well and the, yeah. thing, the thing keeps going. Yeah, you're part of a family and this is what is required yeah. for the family to work. Now, I know a lot of parents that are really stressed out and the reason they're stressed out is because they do all the work. Yes, I do They too. do all the laundry. They 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 mow the lawn. They trim the hedges. They, they you know pull the weeds. Rooms. Yeah, they clean their kids' rooms. That is insane to me. If you are the parent that cleans your kids' room, don't ever say that. Don't ever <laughs> tell me that. Okay, don't say that to my face. I don't want you to see me throw up. (laughs) 
because I won't be able to hold that back. That is insane. Yeah. That is like holding up a banner saying, I am a lousy parent. I'm not even trying to train my children. Now, I do understand, especially the younger they are, the harder it is to not want to clean their room because you could have their room clean in 30 minutes. Yeah. For them to teach them how to clean their own room when they're little, you're giving up like four hours of your day. Right. And I understand that that's insanity. Well, and you actually, we still do that with our teenage boys. Mm-hmm. This isn't, guys, this isn't clean. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's got to clean, This mom. doesn't count. No. <laughs> no, not. it's not. Let me show yeah. you, you know, what we missed. Right. Let me show you what your wife's going to expect of you one yes. day. You know, uh, so anyway, I... There are lots of parents that do everything in their house and they are super stressed out about it. And we've talked about this before in previous episodes. There are certain years at which your kids can be doing certain things around the home. At what age can a kid start doing their own laundry and washing, drying, folding, putting away their own laundry? I mean, what do you think? I, you you really could make that happen at six uh-huh. if you got them a step stool. Uh-huh. Um, they're not going to do a really great job until sure. eight, nine. Okay. I mean, 10 for By sure. 10 years old, if they're not doing their own laundry, yeah. you are failing. And really what you're doing is you're hurting yourself. You're the one that loses mm-hmm. because their laundry is going to get done either way. Yeah. It's either, it's going to be on your time or it's going to be on their time. Yeah. I mean, Grace is 10. I haven't done her laundry for a long time. Yeah. Patrick, I haven't been as good at and diligence on sure. me to, yeah. to train him. So sure. it's hit or miss with him. But it, the yeah, idea is could. still at eight years old, if you wanted to put in the time and energy, which is a lot of time and energy. Mm-hmm. And I understand why people don't want to do it because again, you're giving up four hours to teach yeah, them how to do something that could take you 30 minutes. That's I think a reasonable ratio. And you're going to have to give up four hours and train them several times before they get it and they're doing it well and then even when they can do it well then you got to stay on them until they finally outgrow the dragging their feet and complaining about it stage but if you're willing to do that you won't have to do their laundry for the next eight years Mm -hmm. while they're living in the house they'll do it all right and you can even have them start doing the laundry of the younger ones yeah you know they can start doing all the laundry so, but you don't pay them for it. No, you don't pay them for it because they're part of a family. Mm-hmm. And this is what it takes for a household to work. So many times I get asked, how do you guys do it with six kids? And I always tell everybody, I say, we have to run the house like we're a drill sergeant. We can't just let our kids do whatever they want. They'll run all over us. And that's the same in a house with one kid or two kids or three kids or however many kids you have. If you are not training your kids, it's going to feel out of control because it is out of control. You have to put in the time. We just had to put in the time a few more times. But I will tell you this, and it works the same way with dogs. When you have little ones and they, when you have an eight-year-old and they see what the 12-year-old is doing and the 12-year-old sees what the 16-year-old is doing, they are able to learn by watching. And when the older ones all do it, the younger ones just get in line and start following along. You still have to train them, but they understand what's expected. They see it. Yeah, that's exactly been the case here. I mean, actually, some days it doesn't work out, but... Mm -hmm. 
overall, it's easier. Yeah. If the older ones are doing this, then positive peer pressure. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So either way, uh, we agree, an allowance, getting paid to do chores that are just part of the family. I think that hurts someone overall in it their life. absolutely does. it's a false reward yes. that you're not going to get. And you should develop that habit earlier. Like, this is what we do. Yep. This is how... Yeah. The, the sooner you can break kids in to working mm, and yeah. making them hard workers, the better off they mm-hmm. are. Yeah. It's not a shock when no. you get older and, oh, no, I have to. So do you do know stuff? that animals that are meant to be work animals, and and by this, let, let's refer to a few different types of animals. So horses, because horses can be ridden for pleasure. They can be ridden for barrel racing and rodeo. They can be used for several things. Um, and one of the ways we use horses is to have them be work animals. The same with dogs. When you are training animals to be work animals, you want to start that as young as mm. possible mm-hmm. to get them used to it. And then it's not a big deal. You don't take a horse that just grazes and you ride it on the weekends and all of a sudden hook a plow to it and expect it to be a workhorse every day in the field for the rest of its life. You want to get going with that as early as possible. And it's the same with the kids. As early as you can get them working, the better. Mm -hmm. And and I know this is supposed to be about money. It's not supposed to be about kids and working. But it also gives the kids self-respect, and it gives the kids value. They see that they've accomplished something. They have self-confidence. They have value. Mm-hmm. All right, so any more about allowance, or can I bring up our yeah, next do, do the idea? Next All right, so the next idea is a job. As far as kids getting a job, the question is, when should they get a job? What type of job should they get? Is it okay for kids to work? All of those questions. Yeah, and I mean, my somewhat uh, experienced opinion is as soon as you they can. I mean, I would say our Joseph, who's 12, I wouldn't send him off right now. But if MacArthur, who is, he just turned 14, mm-hmm. and he's pretty mature, uh, 14-year-old, I wish... If someone would hire him, I would let him get a job now. Yeah. I'm sure it's case by case, mm-hmm. but certainly by 16, they have every to be kid should be working. Absolutely. And you know, something in my notes, what I noticed here, I, wanted, I don't know if you noticed this, but so we have teen, a bunch of teenage boys. When they get to a certain age, 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. they get up in the morning, do their chores and their schoolwork, and they're, they're still bored. Yeah. They need to be kept busy and mm-hmm. not and I think not just with playing outside. Oh yeah. More than playing outside. I yeah. think they need to work for their yep. uh self-worth yep. and they're little tiny men. Yeah. And I you've told me men need to work. Yeah. I am seeing that in my, our 14-year-old. He is bored out of his mind if he's not if he's not working. Yeah, and they get moody. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's yes. They're, they're a getting, lot happier when they're mm-hmm. working and they're working hard and they're physically sweating. That God made kids to be that way, especially boys. I don't know about girls because I'm not yeah. a girl. But we'll see what happens with our daughter. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can tell you as far as boys, by, by the time they're 12 years old, they do a lot better if they are working hard and sweating every day. They got to burn right. some of that energy off. I've noticed that, and I've noticed that 
uh, doing a job of some sort, helping us outside, accomplishing something mm-hmm. is better than even sending them out for physical exercise, like oh, yeah. playing sports. Yeah. They can go, they play football a lot, football a lot and pickleball, mm-hmm. but I notice a, a change in their attitude and this is anecdotal, but I notice. A, I don't a think different, it is. <laughs> oh no, no, there's, there's Bible behind okay. it, but go ahead. They just seem to do better overall if they've been working a certain percentage of the week. Uh huh. For either pay yeah. or with you or on a farm task if you can't find anyone to pay them yet. Yeah. So anyway, I think, you know, definitely case by case. But if at 14 years old, I would say in my experience, mm-hmm. if employers would hire them, I would let them go work for pay. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard to find somebody to hire them at that young age because of insurance. And that's the problem that you need to overcome. So... For Joanna and I, the the one great blessing that we've had is that I've been self-employed. And there are, that comes with positives and negatives. But I think, far and away, it is better. I, I can't imagine the negatives could ever outweigh the positives. It's been so good for us as a homeschool family. Because I also work construction, I'm taking the kids at 11 years old, 10 years old, and I'm taking them to work with me. And they're learning, you got to get up early, you're going to pack a lunch, you're going to be gone away from mom, you're going to be gone away from the house, Uh, we're going to lift heavy things, we're going to learn what the names of the tools are in the truck, we're going to learn how to deal with customers. It's been really good for them. And guess what I do with the kids? I pay them. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) And at the end, and here's the thing. So we're talking about as young as 10 years old, for sure. And and I only, you know, so by 10 years old, I think it's great if the kids can work somehow and make money. And there's more reasons than just they feel good about themselves. Once they have that money, then you can start training them. With the money. You got to do with money. Yeah. Because you ready for this? Then this is terrible, but we're going to get to it sooner or later. When you are in a church and you're sitting there and they pass the basket around and mom Mm -hmm. and dad gives each of the kids a dollar and they all throw a dollar in the basket. What is that teaching them? Well, nothing because it doesn't hurt you at all to give a dollar it. away. They don't have any skin in the game. I did that. Mom, give me money. Thanks. Put in the offering basket. Yeah, and you feel good. Oh, I feel like everyone else. You got more money? Give and more. when we were in church, okay, we would tell our kids, nope, you got to work to get money. Then you get to give it to God. And they felt like they were missing out. Mm. I so, didn't know you did that. I had yep. forgotten that. So all of a sudden they have this idea like, oh, I need to make money so I can give some mm. to God because look at everybody else that's doing yeah. it. So without money, without them earning money, you can't train them how to handle money mm-hmm. because it doesn't count if you give it to them. They're not losing anything. When when they earn money, all of a sudden it's like, oh boy, this thing I want to buy, man, it took me a day yeah, and a half to earn, earn this us, much yeah. money. Do I really want to spend it on junk? Right. So you want them earning money as soon as possible. We had the kids coming to work with me. If you can, depending on where you live, you might have to have your kids mow someone's lawn in the neighborhood. 
You might have to have someone walk some dogs in the neighborhood. You might have to have them do those kind of yeah. jobs, but that's fine. That's you can still, find something. You got it. You, you know, there's absolutely something the kids can do. The only problem with that is that by having the kids work for dad, I can be like an Egyptian taskmaster <laughs> over them, cracking the whip and making them work hard. So then when they go to work for someone else, they're worth something. As opposed to if you start your kid out and the first time he ever mows a lawn is for someone else, well, guess what? They're going to say it's terrible and he's going to get fired. So you need to still train the kid you know, at home. He has to have chores at home that he does so he can get used to working. And then you introduce him to, look, if you do the same skills that you have, that you learned here at the house, you can go across the street and do the exact same thing, but they will give you money for it. Mm -hmm. And they'll be thrilled. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. I'll mow your lawn. Can I, can I get on the roof and clean your gutters too? You know, I can't tell you how many times on Facebook I'll see people asking for yard work and no one with a regular job or a lawn guy isn't going to want to rake up yeah. someone's leaves. You know, there's a lot of little odd jobs. Yeah. Where and, they need a kid from the neighborhood. Those yeah. are their kid from the neighborhood jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, not everyone has your circumstances, but no, and there is a way that absolutely. You, know, you can find something. You can shovel snow. You can rake leaves. Yeah. You can mow a lawn. You can walk dogs. Like there are things that people... That kids people can mean, do yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you live in the country, guess what? You don't need this podcast. Yeah. Because your kids are working hard already. Right. All right. They're going to be fine as far as getting a job and earning money. All right. So, so where were we? We were talking about, okay, so jobs. That's my humble opinion. On get, yeah. Get a job as soon as possible. Let me give you some, let me give you some Bible for this. Let's see. Yeah. Good. Bible would be good. <laughs> okay. Hard work and its reward. Proverbs chapter 10, verse four. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Mm. The, yeah. Okay. You ready for this folks? I'm just going to say it. Lazy people are poor. Yes, they are. Hard workers are rich. That's what the Bible says. Mm. So if you're going to be lazy, you're going to be poor. Mm. Now, there might be some poor people out there, okay? Or there might be some, yeah, poor people out there that aren't necessarily lazy. And there might be some rich people out there that really don't work as diligently, but they're an exception. The rule is poor people are lazy. That's why they're poor. Rich people are rich because they work hard. That's it. I don't know if you ever heard Steve Jobs. One of his quotes was uh, opportunity and luck look an awful lot like hard work and discipline. Yeah, there's something like that. You right. know, and, I, and I'm, right. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering I've the quote. That. Yeah, but something you, like you can look it up. The idea is people, you ever hear the, the, the phrase luck favors the bold? Mm hmm. Well, so, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, well, they got lucky with that deal. No, they took a chance. Mm -hmm. They took a chance on the deal and the deal worked out for them. They, they didn't do well because they're lucky. They did well because they kept taking chances and one of them turned out really well. Well, and you think about that, even if that, even if that verse isn't a hundred percent, you're saying some poor people are working hard or whatever. Sure. If you get up 
and you uh-huh. go to work, yeah. the chances are you're going to have more money. Yes, than, than if, if you you're don't work. than if you're lazy <laughs> and you sleep in and you don't so, work. No, that, you know. and that and that's the rule. It's explaining yeah. the Bible in two other spots that I know of talks about uh, the ants. Uh, the ants are a people yes. not strong, yet they prepare for their uh, their meat in the summertime. And they have no overseer. You got it. It says that you know to consider her ways and be yep. wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler provideth her meat in her season, or something along those lines. Yeah, that's what you got to remember. Is you know you want money, go to work. And and this is the crazy thing. It, I don't have time to go through all the statistics, but what I can tell you, and I can back it up with statistics for anyone that thinks I'm crazy. And by the way, if you think this part of the podcast is crazy, you, for, number one, you're the lazy moron what we're talking about. Okay. That you are it. If this is making you mad, you're the lazy person, you know, that is worthless. So anyone in America that gets up and goes to work, four or five days a week, even if they make minimum wage, the odds are somewhere between 60 to 80% of people that go to a minimum wage job are no longer working minimum wage by the end of that first year. Yeah. They've already moved out of that and they've gone on to something better. Because they get promoted, they get raised. You got it. They get something. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Anybody who works a minimum wage job and puts away $500 a month, which is maxing out your Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. You start doing that at the age of 18. You do it all the way till you're 65. You never get a promotion or a raise your entire life, which is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you will still retire with over a million dollars in the bank. Yeah, at minimum I, wage. I did not know that till Dave, Dave Ramsey talks yep. about that. I'm oh, like, yeah. What? Yeah. He Every financial realize. guru does. Oh. I mean, he's my favorite. He's the one I heard it from. Yeah. We're, we're Dave Ramsey fans. Okay. But you can run the numbers. It's yeah. easy. So the idea of money is that you go to work and then you're smart with what you get. Right. You it's, save, you're on a budget, you invest. Yeah, there's a couple of steps you yeah, need to You got it. Hard work and wasting all your money is also stupid. And guess what? Lots of people fit into that category. I know rich people, <laughs> rich people, mm-hmm. the people that make an amount of money that make me sick to my stomach when I think of it. And they are living paycheck to paycheck. So you can still be a moron and a very rich one. But what we're talking about is if you want to avoid that, you have to start with your kids and you have to teach them to work hard and understand the value of a dollar. Yeah. I had a Bible verse, if you don't mind, that I really like. Yeah, jump in. Proverbs 24, Uh the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore, (laughs) shall he beg in harvest and have nothing. I don't know why I like that verse. When I, God has the funniest words, mm-hmm. sluggard. Oh, yeah. I imagine this person on the couch who kind of lays like a slug. Yeah. Anything. Yep. And because it's cold. Yeah. He won't go outside. Oh, I don't want to work. Cold. It's cold. So he's going to be begging. Yep. In the harvest time. When harvest. You got it. You have so much food. Yeah. When it's harvest season. Uh-huh. It's you can't like, even eat it all. Yeah. You cannot it, eat it and garden, can it all. It's, yep. If you're begging during harvest season, you are the lowest of the low. Yeah. 
It's I, like, we, what have you been doing all year? I don't know. Does anyone, anyone listening to us, are you around a farming and agricultural area? Yeah. Are you a farmer? Are you a gardener? You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Zucchini. There's so much zucchini. It's, you get yeah. sick of it. You Peaches, can't give it away I mean, fast enough. So you're begging uh-huh. during that time? Yeah. That's just. That's impossible. Uh, anyway, I love that verse. Absolutely. <laughs> you're a slug. Don't now, be a slug. The, you know, it, the, the old saying is you got to grow hay while the sun shines. Yeah. You know, when and what that's talking about is not just agriculture. When there's an opportunity to work, you need to be working. And that's, that's right. why so many self-employed guys, they struggle taking time off because the idea is, well, work can dry up, work can slow down, weather can change, holidays are coming in, it's hunting season, I'm not going to have time to work every week, so I better work mm-hmm. while the work is available. And I think that's a great principle. Yeah. You know, you can overdo it with how much work you're doing. You can work too much and neglect time for yourself and your family and God, that can happen. And it certainly does happen with some people, but that's really not the group that we're talking about. Right now we are talking about kids and kids having to learn the value of a dollar. Something I tell my kids all the time, you know, they're like, oh dad, I don't feel good this morning. I don't care. You're coming to work with me. Okay. I go to work when I don't feel good all the time. Not feeling good is not a reason not to go to work. Yes, and moms do the same thing. Yeah. Guess what? Your mom yeah. gets up and works around the house and takes care of you kids every single day. Yeah. Doesn't matter how she feels. Right. She has to do it. Somebody's got to do mm-hmm. it. Okay, because these kids aren't going to, you know, stop filling diapers just because you don't feel good. You know, y- you have to go to work. I tell the kids constantly, I'm like, you know how often, there's not a year that has gone by where dad mm-hmm. has not gone to work with broken fingers. Mm. Still got to yeah. go to work. Doesn't matter. You know, not feeling good isn't a reason. Oh, it's cold outside. I don't want to. I don't want to plow the field. Shut up. Just yell at him. Thou yeah, sluggard. it's unbelievable. Okay, so let's see. Um, Went over a little bit of yeah. Bible. Uh, one of the kind of foundational principles that we're talking about here is Proverbs twenty three seven. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Hmm. We want the kids to have this concept and idea of money and having a desire to make it and a respect for it, and, a, and that we want them to value it. There's nothing wrong with that. No. no I hear good. so many people talking about, oh, money is a, such a bad thing. No, it's not. It's well, not a bad thing. Christianese, they, yeah. they misuse that verse. It's the yeah. it's evil. It's not yeah. evil. Oh, it's the root of all evil. It's the no. Word. It's the wrong. The love of yeah. money is the root of all evil. The love of money, not right. money. Okay, we should want money. We need money. Yep, sorry. <laughs> we need money. Okay, that's that's the system we're in. So what you're doing is you are trading labor for money. If and I know this is a little over the heads of any children, you know, as far as dealing with kids and money. But when you read Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations, which for those of you that don't know, Adam Smith was a gentleman who was an economist and wrote books leading up to the Revolutionary War. He was instrumental in us starting and fighting the Revolutionary War. And he wrote a book. He actually wrote five books. They were compiled into one book. The name of that book is Wealth of Nations, and you should read it. Okay, you should re- it's, it's a great book. Everybody should read it. In that book, he explains that the basic currency that we all get down to is labor. Mm -hmm. 
whether it's at your house or whether you are doing it for somebody else, you are trading your energy and your time for something. Right. So that's what we're really swapping. Now, what we've done is we've placed an amount, a dollar amount, uh, an amount of fiat currency for an hour of this type of labor Mm -hmm. versus an hour of that type of labor. But at the end of the day, we are trading our time and our sweat, sweat sweat equity uh, for money. Okay, so if we're going to be spending our time doing something, that's what we get in return. There's nothing wrong with money. Money makes the world go round. Um, I, I think money is a tool, and that tool can be used for wonderful, wonderful things. But you have to earn some in order to use it for God's purposes. Yeah. Good points. Uh, all right, so... Yeah. Anything else on kids and jobs and if and when? Oh, I, uh, here's another one. Yeah. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. I was working a job for this farmer. And typically, I would never do this. But he said, Patrick, I need a new roof on this house. And this is like 15 years ago, back when I used to do roofs. I do not do roofs anymore. If anyone is listening to this podcast, do not call me and ask me to do your roof. I will laugh (laughs) at you before I hang up the phone. So back when I was young, I used to do roofs. And this guy said, Patrick, would you come and do this roof for me? And I said, yeah, I can do it. But, you know, I'm a one man show. And he said, no, no, no. I got two guys that you know, will work for you. I just need you and your compressor and your nail gun, your nail guns and your knowledge. And you can tell these guys what to do. And I said, they'll do a fine job. They'll do all the heavy lifting. You know, I just, you know, is there any way you'd be willing to do that? And I said, I said, yes. So I show up and I get on the roof and there's two high school kids standing there. They both must've been 16, 17 years old in cowboy boots okay on this roof (laughs) and i'm like hey guys what are you doing here you know and they're like yeah whoever said you know he's paying us to to work with you and and do this roof i was like all right let's let's go let's see how this works these two kids would they could work circles around Mm -hmm. most adults that i've met okay these were hard working Mm -hmm. kids and I was talking to him and I was like, yeah, where are you guys from? What do you do? Yada, 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 you know, and, and, you know, typical, like getting to know you chit chat, you know, Hey, do you guys play sports? And one of them was like, what the F would we do that for? <laughs> really? And I was like, well, you're <laughs> high school age boys. Like a lot uh-huh. of them do. And he's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, we're not going to be playing sports the rest of our life. We're going to be working. No kidding. Oh yeah. That, that's what, that was their, both of them. That was their answer. They're like, what are we going to learn from sports? <laughs> They're so like, as wise, soon as we're though. out of high school, we're going to work a job for the rest of our life. Throwing a baseball ain't going to help us. I was laughing so hard. I never would have expected that. Because so many parents put all this time and energy into helping their kids throw a football, throw a baseball, kick a soccer ball, shoot a basketball. And it's like, guess what, folks? After high school, that's it. Most people are done with that stuff. Absolutely. What, 99%? It's. I mean, it's the numbers are so outrageous. The odds are you're not even going to be able to do it in college. You're, the odds are you're not going to be able to go to college and get free college. You're not going to yeah. get a spot. Um, you're not going to get a, uh, uh, a scholarship, a scholarship yeah. for a school. 
what you are going to do the rest of your life until the day you retire or die is work. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you learn how to work hard, the better you are. And learn to like it. Yes. Because you need to. You got it. You can't just, it's not, it can't be this shock where you haven't worked, you've been babied. Yeah. Your parents have been catering to your uh, sports needs and you're the star. Yep. I don't think that's healthy. No. And then suddenly, and we're going to give hey, up our welcome. summers and drive all around the state and let you travel around and play baseball or football, you know, yeah, and we're going to support that. It's like, who, who are you raising? Taylor Swift? And Travis Kelsey. This is, <laughs> so you're raising. what are we doing? I this don't. is insanity. And then what happens when, oh, it's real lifetime. Yeah. Good luck. Yep. Oh, by the way, like you're this. done with high school. You can't make it in college. And, yeah. uh, you know, now we need you to work while you go into school. And I, you have no idea what the, what this is like. Yeah, I'm not for that at I'm, all. I'm not a fan <laughs> either. I think the best thing you can do is get them working, okay, immediately. On top of that, and, and I'm just going to say this, I hate the culture we live in where everything stops when the Broncos play football, where everything stops when you know your nhl team plays i was sitting there watching I you just fell asleep during the whole game <laughs> i watched part of it go ahead and there's nothing wrong with watching football okay i understand I that a mean. lot of that's fine okay everyone has a hobby what i'm saying is we have built it up into practically idol worship well, that's Rather like church that, for some people it's the church replacement it. for church is football and, stuff. and i hate to tell you the person that we should really admire is not someone throwing a, you know, a pigskin down a cow pasture. Yeah. Well, the person we should be admiring is the farmer that wakes up before sunup. That's right. You know, and works hard six, seven days a yeah. week to feed his family and feed the nation. With no fanfare yeah. and not one person except the cows <laughs> watching him. You got it. You know, so yeah, so that's that's one more thing that just bothers me. It's like, what are we doing? We're putting an emphasis on stuff that is absolutely temporal. It's going to fade away. It's just nonsense. I think kids should go to work. I think kids should go to work early. I think they should learn how to earn money, handle money. I think it's going to be better for them than anything else they could be doing with their time. All right. I, that. Yeah, that's all. I don't and have anything. Every to add to single that. thing you can tell me about playing sports. Oh well, playing sports—the benefits are this and this and this. You get all of it from working. Oh yeah, and then you more, get up early, way more than to work. Okay, yeah. you put in the time and the energy, and you know, and you sweat, and you have to work physically hard. You do that at work. You know. Oh well, there's teamwork. You do that on a job site. How do you, what are you talking about? That's what a job site is. When you're on a job site with 10 other guys, you have to learn to all work together. Oh, who's the boss? The foreman. He's like the captain. We, you know, oh, he's the coach. That's the owner of the company. It is no different. You're not learn. There's no special skills that you learn playing sports that are absent well, from the so workforce. Going to work is, it's reality. Mm-hmm. Whereas sports is a false made up reality. Yeah. It's, it's not that's not going to take place in your real life. Yeah, guess what? The rest of your life, no one's going to cheer for you. Yeah. Nobody cares. Oh, yeah. Just Virtual get up reality, and shut up and go over there <laughs> and dig a ditch and nobody's going to give you a high five for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no band playing. There's no group of, you know, girls in miniskirts jumping around cheering <laughs> for you. Okay, that's not reality. Yeah, exactly. Reality is shut up and get back to work. Oh, your hands are cold? Work harder. They'll warm up. 
All right. What was next? Next is tithing. So for your children, you can't teach your kids to tithe unless they are earning their own money earning their own money because guess what the the idea behind tithing is there it's several fold number one it combats covetousness the 10th commandment is the only commandment of the heart all the rest are sins of action that's true. the 10th commandment is a is a commandment in your heart and we combat that by tithing because we want, we want, we want, we want, we want. Well, guess what? If you didn't tithe, you could have a lot more of what yeah. you want. Your discretionary income comes out of your, is your tithe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have. It's the that, extra the money at the end. Right? Right. Our budget is 90% of what we make. That last 10% is not required. To keep the lights on. It is not required to put food in the fridge. It is the gravy at the end. That's the extra stuff that we would be spending on vacations and snowmobiles and whatever you want. Whatever you want. Yeah. That's where you get the extra. Oh, have you ever seen so-and-so? They just have such a nice outfit. They always yeah. <laughs> have new clothes. Well, they probably don't tithe. <sighs> yeah, okay? I've that before. Now, yeah. maybe they just make bundles of money, and God bless them if they do. I'm all for people making money, all right? Because guess what? Poor people don't hire me to remodel their house. Okay, <laughs> that's, just, that's just a fact. So God bless people if they make a lot of money. But what you find is that, it, you know, let's say I want a brand new Indian motorcycle. Oh, they look so cool. And oh, I've seen them and my friends have them. And boy, I want one. Well, guess what? If you didn't tithe, just take that money that you would give to God, save it up for a couple years, brand new Indian motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So that combats covetousness. Along with that, it helps God and it helps your pastor <clears throat> know where you are spiritually because jesus said where your treasure is there shall your heart be also and if your treasure is not going to god in your local church where is it going it's probably going to one of your hobbies yeah and i'm a fan of hobbies okay i like hobbies we like hunting in this family we play pickleball okay everyone should have a hobby and you should spend money on your hobby Hopefully your hobby brings your family together. Those are the best ones. Okay. But you know what? Maybe your wife's a miserable old crone. She's just a witch. Okay. So you play golf because it gets you out of the house for the entire weekend. I get it, fellas. Okay. I I don't play golf. (laughs) All my hobbies are with my family. I'm not against, I'm not against hobbies. Okay. What I'm saying is that where you put all your money is an indicator of your heart Mm -hmm. and god knows that he said that so if we're not tithing well we know that spiritually we are missing something yeah can i read one of my favorite bible verses yeah give it to me malachi 310 Mm -hmm. king james version of course Mm -hmm. bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith saith the lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Mm-hmm. So I think to myself, if I weren't, if I didn't teach my kids this, look what I'm robbing them of. Yeah. 
You're How denying up them. Am I? Yeah. I'm a terrible person and a parent if I don't teach them. And this has happened in our life, and we've used this as a teaching example. This has happened to us over and over oh, yeah. and over. We've been given so much stuff, so yep. many kids' clothes. We, oh, look here. There should not be room enough to receive yeah, it. Yeah, we I literally would be giving away all the clothes mm-hmm. that were given to us for our kids when we were first married, little kids' clothes. We couldn't fit it in the drawers. We couldn't buy enough bins and shove it in the attic. Always. So I, we were giving it away. How many pianos have we given away since three. we've been married? At like least three. I think three, literally. I, and we got to a point where we finally started telling people, no, no, <laughs> we're not taking a piano. I don't know why yeah. we are, anyway. Constantly food, giving stuff. Every, every you know, year, how many boxes of peaches, peaches? are we giving? So, oh, I, mean, I mean, we like can't 50. even give them away fast enough. And they're expensive. Yeah. And they're always, wildly expensive oh, yeah. in this valley. So, so much stuff. And then there's the, right, there's curses too, right? If yeah. you don't, I don't have the verse for the the curses on your money if you don't tithe. And what are you doing if you don't teach your children this? People really don't believe the promises in the Bible. They don't believe what the Bible says. Sure, so they're not doing it themselves, maybe. Correct. So I always explain it like this. Malachi, what is it? Chapter chapter three. Yeah. I pronounce it Malachi. (laughs) The Italian. The Italian prophet (laughs) who makes you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. (laughs) Right? He says, so when you go through the entire Bible, there is only one place in the whole book where God says, go ahead and try me. Mm. That's it. There's one spot and it's with the tithe. God says, says, go ahead and prove me now here with me. Yeah. Go ahead. Try it. it. And every single person that I know that is legit legitimately said, you know what, God, I'm going to try it. They've all come back and said, wow, I wish I was doing this sooner. Well, in the picture, he opens the windows of heaven. It just pours out. So much you can't receive it. I don't know who wouldn't want that. <laughs> People seem to forget that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God, yeah. I, I remember, so you know that they they value gold based on the amount that there is in the world. Mm-hmm. And they know how much gold is dug up and they believe they know how much gold is in the ground. And they believe they know how hard it is to get the gold. And they value gold based on those numbers. They do the same thing with diamonds because they're commodities. But they're not commodities like, you know, produce, okay, which (coughs) you got it. And we have good years and bad years and they change. Okay, they're commodities that they believe we know how much is, you know, in the world. God owns all of it. And God can give it to whoever he wants, whenever he wants. Mm -hmm. He can take it from one place and put it in another at any time. God is the same with, like I said, cattle on a thousand hills. Okay, God is the same with produce. God is the same with dollars. God is the same with vehicles. God is the same with property. God is the same with... God can fill up your storehouse with whatever he wants and whatever he fills it up with, you literally will not have room to hold it all. Right. You'll have to rent a storage unit if you start tithing. And it's a act of, you have to trust in faith. Yes. You have to step out in faith because you're giving away 
some of your money. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to mention, if it's okay, if the point that when you're teaching them as a child, they're going to have an easier time doing it when they're older because... Think of all the things that you did as a kid. What were you trained in? What was what were the habits mm-hmm. your parents bestowed upon you? It's easier. Absolutely. You get in the habit of whatever, you know. Old dog, um, new tricks and whatnot. Yeah. It and absolutely as, is yeah. across the board. Especially what, as in your childhood. I find yeah. you get ingrained with things, good and bad, yep. that are really hard to shake when you're older. Yes. Whatever it is. Yep. Bad habits, yelling, uh-huh. good habits, exercise, brushing your teeth. Yeah. All of, for me anyway, some yeah. of the stuff my parents taught me, I haven't been able to shake it yeah. to this day. <laughs> yep. That makes sense. So No, absolutely. You want to get the lessons in as early as possible. That way it won't be difficult. It won't be weird when they get older. I say this all the time. You want to get your kids in church. Yes, you want to go absolutely. to church and have your kids in church so that none of these concepts are weird to them when you get older. Because, right. you know, guess what? you got back into church. Why? You saw that there was value in it. You saw that something was missing in your life. Mm -hmm. You saw that God and the Bible and the preaching of a pastor, these things are good for me. Well, you want to get your kids used to that as soon as possible. Throwing them in the mix when they're 40 years old and and they have zero experience is a lot harder. Yeah. Just get them taught and trained up properly when they're young. Okay, so that is the idea of the tithe. We would teach our kids from the very first time. Now, and here's the other thing. This this is kind of a segue into the next one. It's their money. Okay, it's my kids' money. Mm-hmm. So grandma and grandpa give them 20 bucks when they're, whatever. First birthday, mm-hmm. 20 bucks. Every yeah. year, they get $20. The worst thing a parent can do is take out a $20 bill, dollar bill, go, there you go. It's from grandma and grandpa. Have fun with it. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. As soon as they get money, we can teach them. Here's the tithe. This is what you're going to do. We're we're not going to give you a $20 bill. We're going to give you 20 singles. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we're going to teach you. You're going to take these two and you're going to bring them to church and you're going to put them in that little plate that they pass around or in the little box in the back or whatever it is. Then what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, here is the way we handle money. Now for us, we have no problem telling our kids, this is how you have to handle your money. You don't get a say, you don't just get to spend as much as you want. We would teach our kids 10% goes to God. Okay. In the offering plate, in the offering box, go to church. That's where the tithe goes. Then we would say, okay, 50% 50% of that, you're going to save. 50% of what's left. Of what's left. So 45%. 10% goes to God. You have 90% left. Half of that is 45% that you have to save. Mm-hmm. You don't get to spend a dollar you save without dad's say so. Okay. Of your savings. You got right. it. Okay. Of the money that you're saving. And what we're learning is we're going to start racking up money until there's something that's important. Mm-hmm. And what we started doing with our kids from a young age is having them invest. So they would have to invest in whatever. Okay. And we would have, we'd have that conversation. Dad would help them walk them through that. But our kids are, are, all of our kids have money invested, even Patrick. The other 45% you can spend. 
You can spend on whatever you want. You can waste it. You can just lose it. You can flush it down the toilet. And let me just prepare you. (laughs) Your kids are going to waste their money on garbage. Food and candy. You got it. Even when they get older. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they are going to. And that's going to be the next lesson you're going to teach the kids. The next lesson is, okay, because some of our kids, they get money and they spend the tithe, okay, or they give the tithe to God. They put the savings money in a box or a jar or an envelope or whatever it is. And then what do they do? Then they take the savings or the spending money and it's just gone. Like the Mm -hmm. second mom's going to the store. Can I come to the store? Can I come to the store? I got money. I got to get rid of it immediately. And they just buy it by the first thing they have. And what I will usually do is I'll watch them waste some money and then I'll mention something that I know they'd really like. And I'm like, hey, did you see this? Uh, And they're like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you probably have enough money for that. And they're like, oh, no. (laughs) That's kind of mean. I spent it all on bubble gum and I gave it out to my Uh. brothers and sisters and all the kids in the neighborhood. And now it's all gone. And I'm like, really? You? I just gave you that money this morning. So I would do that. It's a good lesson. Yep. And then we'd have to go through it a few times. And then the other thing that I'd do is I would show them something that was worth five times more than the money they just wasted. And I'd be like, man, wouldn't it be great to have one of these? And in the same way, finally, I would break through and they'd be like, okay, I'm saving up for this. And they would save up for their own bike. They would save up for a PlayStation. They would save up for, you know, a car. Mm -hmm. They would save up for something that was important. It's a good lesson. But you have to let them burn through money and just be morons. And then, you know, then they have buyer's remorse. They have this regret, which I think is great. That is, you know, experience is one of the best teachers. And how many of us... As adults have done that, and if you can teach them now with the 20 bucks Mm -hmm. that grandma gave them. Proverbs 21.20, this is about saving. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. Ha, I've never heard that verse. Yeah, when you're a fool, you just, you cannot wait to spend, spend. yeah, just spend money. That's what happens to all the lottery winners. It does. (laughs) Most of them go bankrupt. and Most of them are financially worse off one or two years after they win the lottery than they were before. And here's what, here's why. So number one, the lottery is a tax on poor, stupid people who are bad at math. (laughs) That's what it is. Number two. The people that play the lottery usually have horrible spending habits, which is why they're wasting money on lottery tickets. And when they get a whole bunch of money, all they do is expand their horrible spending habits. None of it goes into a Roth IRA. None of it goes into real estate. They just buy wave runners, you know, and then they got to buy a truck to pull it. And then they got, you know, they just spend it on nonsense. Well, and part of that is more of an issue of um, lack of self-control. Yeah. Which you can help your kids with, with their money. Yes. When you're, when you're training your kids with their money, what you're really doing is you're helping them control their emotions Mm -hmm. because man, they have this desire. They just want to spend this stuff. Yeah. And what we're learning is that it doesn't matter how bad we want something. 
we have to be able to tell ourselves no. Yeah. We have to fight that desire. So our flesh is going after this thing. In this case, it's some Chinese, you know, made piece of plastic garbage that we found at Walmart that I want, mm. right? And I have to fight this desire from my flesh to want this new shiny thing and say, no, 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 I have a plan and I'm going to save up and I'm going to buy this thing that I know is going to be better for me. Something mm-hmm. that, you know, I know is going to be yeah. worth it. I will say with our 16 year old, um, with his spending money, there is one thing I want to do because he's uh-huh. been buying a lot of soda and candy and I'm, I'm going to step in and tell him <laughs> it's becoming a health issue. I'm going to tell him, look, you can't have more than this many <laughs> sweet beverages or something. Because, I mean, yes, yeah, so he comes home from work and there's an empty Pepsi can. Yeah. Like four or five days a week. And yeah. I'm concerned, you know. And he can afford to do it. He can. Because he's in the working. area yeah. of money spending. But uh-huh. I'm going to pull the parent card. Sure. And say, you can't buy more than yeah. whatever, this many sure. sodas a week or yeah, I'm going to ask him to. Yeah, we so, got We got to stop this. You're developing a bad habit. Yeah. And here's the deal. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to tell everybody this because I know a lot of parents are thinking, I don't have the right to do that. Yes, you do. Okay, you're the parent. You can do whatever you want. Parents in the Mennonite communities here in town, if whenever their kid, so they will bring their kids to work as young as they can to get them working. A lot of them that I know are in the lawn care industry. Mm-hmm. So several of them would bring their kids out. They'd have 10 year olds doing you know, on these ride on lawnmowers, them, yeah. you know, running around, you I know, running it. a weed eater. Yeah. Oh, everybody does. Everyone's like, oh, that's so great. If your kid ends up going to work for someone else in the community, Because a lot of times, let's say you have several kids and you're a little bit older, you're in your 40s and, you know, one of your neighbors, you know, who's also running a lawn care company, but him and his wife have, you know, a newborn and a one and a half year old. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, I need some help. You will have your kid go to work with this guy, but you as the parent get half the money. Huh. Half their money. Well. And what and the way it works is no, you're contributing yeah. to this family. Now you, as a kid, are still getting paid whatever ten dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And as a ten year old, let's face it, you know, you don't need any money, <laughs> okay? Yeah. So, but the parents will say, nope. You know, the, typically the way it works is the parents will get half, and that money will go to support the family. And I think that was so commonplace. What? How many years ago? Yeah. 50 yeah, absolutely. 60 years ago. Yep. You know when my It wasn't uh, weird. No. When my dad was 12, his father died from complications of a car accident. Back mm-hmm. when they his his rib punctured his lung, it was years of lung issues. Wow. That's what he died from. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any life insurance and he had been sick for so long, they didn't have very much money to begin with. His mom himself his younger brother. That was mm-hmm. it. So she told him, you need to get a job and help us mm-hmm. at 12. Yeah. And he went down the road. There was a uh, gas station where they used to gas station slash garage. They'd fix your cars. Yeah. The fella knew of their situation. He didn't need any help. Mm-hmm. He gave my dad a job and my dad had to give all the money to his mom and brother. Yeah. They didn't have any money. Yep. So he went down and his mom let him ride a little, uh, not like the motorcycle, like a little moped. Yeah. 
without any license, mm-hmm. and he was supposed to have one. Sure. And she said, well, I need you to work. Yeah. So, so here's he what we're doing. without a license. She yep. said, if they pull you over, just explain the situation. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had to bring home all his money, pay for food and stuff, so they could, you know. Yeah. So we have it so good these days. Absolutely. Well, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that. No, and... And for us, you know, when the kids would work for me, I would pay them slave wages because the value they got out of it was not money. They learned how to work hard. And right now, our 16-year-old, you know, he works with fully grown men pouring concrete every day, and they all love him there. And he shows up, and he works hard, and he stays off his phone. And, you know, uh, I mean, everyone just thinks he's doing a great job. And our 15-year-old, he works up at a farm, you know, where they deal with produce, mostly, you know, fruit and peaches. And they all love him up there. And it's the same thing. He works hard. He shows up on time. He stays off his phone. Everybody loves him. Those are, that is the value of coming to work for dad. Now, as kids, they also got some money. And because I gave them money, they were able to save up Mm -hmm. and get themselves, you know, some nice stuff that you got, you know, that they wanted, which was wonderful. And I'm glad they were able to do that. And they were able to earn money rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, uh, just, um, you know, us buying them everything. We were able to teach them how to tithe. We're able to teach them how to save. We're able to teach them the value of a dollar. You know, there are a lot of lessons that we were able to teach them because they were working. They didn't need to go to work and make money as little kids. And that wasn't the goal. It wasn't for us to, you know, make extra money. They did help the family by going to work and helping dad with projects that he needed another guy for and them being able to do it was a huge blessing that got to move our family forward so everybody was helped out in this situation well and they reimbursed me for gas when they only had their permit yep and i was driving them to work and right now if you think about it the idea of the well it's their money you know i don't have the right okay our kids when we would drive them to work they would pay for the gas Uh, currently one of our kids is 16 years old. He bought his own car. He pays for his own insurance. He pays for his own gas. He just to literally today went out and bought uh, the oil and the oil filter filter and, you know, changed his own oil. Um, uh, along with that, uh, our 16 year old, uh, already has a Roth IRA and contributes $500 a month to that because he understands the value of investing. Our 15-year-old is ready to start his Roth IRA. I already have the email from our financial lady, uh, the paperwork that we need to fill out so that a 15-year-old can start a Roth IRA, and he's ready to start contributing $500 a month. Yeah. So our kids, I'm going to say, have been doing really well with money. But it didn't come from nowhere. We started at a very young age and with purpose had a plan and trained these kids. And that moves us into our next point, which is uh, we got our kids on uh, the Dave Ramsey homeschooling class. Yeah, it's for anyone looking, look up foundations and personal finance. 
is the name of the curriculum. Or you just go on his website and yeah, click around. You got it. You'll so find, on, on his yeah. website, you know, just Google Dave Ramsey and you can go to the store and you can find that. But they say the name of the class again. Foundations in Personal Finance. But and, you can. And that is tailored to high you know schools. high school yeah. age kids so we have taught several of the principles as our kids were growing up but they are all going through this it's a class, homeschool dvd homeschool set. curriculum class yeah. where they learn all of this stuff yeah it's fabulous when our when moses our 16 year old when he was 15 he came and asked me he's like dad how soon can i start investing that's crazy you know because he saw yeah. the value of it and he understood that with investing you let time do the heavy lifting compound interest he started to understand these concepts and he's like, I need to start this as soon as possible. You know, if I'm going to be rich, yeah. I got to start doing this now. You want to hear something funny? Sure. One day he's doing class. And he comes to me, mom, banks are evil. I'm like, we, yeah, <laughs> I agree. And like under 60, <laughs> they are. But what did you learn in class yeah. today? He's like, I learned about credit cards. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Yep. 20% interest is the average interest rate throughout America on credit cards. What I would always explain to the kids, I would say, hey, what's that tall building over oh. there? Go <laughs> to any city. Yep. Pick any city in America. Yeah. Find the tallest building. I guarantee a bank owns it. It's bank of such and such. You got Bank it. of this, yes. Banks own it. And they own it off of the interest, off of the backs of hardworking yeah. Americans Okay, they make it off of interest. You want to yeah. hear something crazy? Just because, you know, I'm going over this now. And mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find it. So as far as uh, credit cards go, if you get a credit card and you have a $2,500 balance on that credit card. Okay, $2,500. $2,500. And we're assuming that the interest rate is about what? 20%, oh, you know, 20%. which is, wow. you know, your average. Okay. That's average? Oh, yeah. Oh my word! Yeah, so the, I didn't know that. Yeah, in this scenario, we're gonna Go assume a sixteen percent APR. Okay. So your annual percentage rate is sixteen percent. Twenty five hundred dollar balance on the card. Now, you never use this card again. Okay. You never buy anything else. the The charges never go up. Okay. You are gonna pay nothing but the minimum. What, like twenty five bucks? So the minimum is typically gonna be two percent. Oh, okay. So 2% of the balance. Then you would be spending about $50 a month on minimum payments. Okay. Guess how long it takes you to pay off that $2,500? No. Minimum uh, payment on a 16% uh, credit card. I do my math more quickly. Oh, yeah, two what, years. What's your guess? What? Two years? Nope. A little higher. <laughs> Five? A little higher. Higher? Uh-huh. 10? Higher. What? Come on. No way. 20? Yeah. Higher. You're kidding. 22 years. For twenty five hundred bucks. Twenty five hundred dollars because of the interest. Because of the interest. And how much are they getting? So that it's in those twenty two years, they're going to get about sixty five hundred dollars. Yeah. So you yeah. are paying four thousand dollars in interest. So that hundred dollar meal that you could not save up for and buy, you just put it on the plastic. Mm -hmm. That meal that cost you a hundred dollars actually costs you two hundred and sixty dollars wow because you weren't willing to save and learn the value of dollars that is why we teach our kids about 
money. We don't want them falling into that trap, which so many Americans, American Christians, cannot figure out. Oh, I know. You it's- know, it's unfortunate, and I hate to say it, like, you know, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down hard on all these pastors that will, you know, will not teach their people about money. Of course, we have a financial seminar that we're planning <laughs> at the beginning of the year. So I feel like a no. hero, you know, yes. so I can point my finger uh, at them, all, you, all of those guys, you know, Lame be, yeah. pastors. <laughs> but it's unfortunate, you know, yeah. that the, these things aren't, uh, aren't brought up. I was just going to say, and, and people need help. They need taught. They do. Pastors need to teach fathers. Fathers need to teach their families. Right. Okay. That's what needs to happen. I mean, don't get me wrong. If your kids don't know these things, it's your failure as a parent. That That's my responsibility. That's what I have to do. Uh, and don't worry. Remember, if you don't teach your kids anything, you'll get a chance to do it all over again. With when, your grandkids. With your grandkids yeah. when your kids dump your grandkids on you. Just- yeah. Oh, I, oh, I know people that are going it's through that. It's left and right these days. Yeah. They hit 60 years old and they're like, <sighs> yeah, we're planning out a trip to, wait, no. what? What do you mean? Huh? We have to take care of them? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. get grandkids dumped on them. Yes. And then, yeah, there goes your senior years. Mm-hmm. You get to try again. And the one family that I know that comes to mind because their customers are mine, they're failing just as bad no. with their grandkids yeah. as they were with their, with their kids. But either way, either way. Okay. So, you know, with that Dave Ramsey class that we got our kids uh, going through. I would got, tell everyone to get it, whether your kids are in, where yeah. they are in school. Yeah. Just get it, do it at home. It's so worth it. No, I, I, I cannot recommend the Dave Ramsey program enough once in a while they will have audiobooks. so Dave Ramsey's one, one of his you know most famous titles is his total money makeover okay that's one of his books he has a workbook that goes with it it's a it's a very good helpful you know lays out the program it's it's a great book I own it I've read it once in a while he will have a sale and he'll be giving out, you can buy gift cards that you can give away to other people. And on the back is a code and you scratch off the code and you enter it into like the Google Play podcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can download the book. So once in a while, they'll sell those. And like you can, so then the book, the hardcover book is like 22 bucks or something. And the audio book is like 20 or mm-hmm. something like that. And once in a while, you can get like 10 of them for 20 bucks. Yeah, that's great. And I'll buy like 10 or 20 of those cards. And as I run into people that I know that are especially young people, college age kids or a high school kid who's got his head screwed on straight, I'm like, here, listen to this. It will change your life. This is, you know, right after the Bible, this is the most important book you'll ever read. And I give those things out all the time. I'm going to get a bunch of those, you know, um, for our financial class, you know, to give out as prizes and whatnot, but they're, they're so valuable. Um, so everybody should get on that. Uh, it's going to, it's going to get you on track and it's going to teach you what to teach your kids. So even if you're like, Oh, well, Patrick, you know, I'm, I'm a failure as a parent, but I want to do better. What do I do? How do I start? Get Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. It's a great start. Yeah, learn it yourself. There you then, go. Learn yeah. it yourself and pass it on. Hey, you ready for this? 
get on my YouTube channel and watch on Wednesday nights in January. And you can watch for four weeks in a row. I'm going to go over finances, everything from A to Z. We're going to cover everything. And bada bing, you can, you know, start teaching your kids this. There's going to be a lot of statistics and facts and colorful pictures. And, you know, even the dumbest one of my listeners will love it. So uh, with the Dave Ramsey class, uh, start your kids on a retirement plan as soon as humanly possible. Get them interested in that. Okay, here's one. Uh, bills. What bills do they owe you? Hmm. Well, we went over with, uh, you know, our oldest, 16, mm-hmm. right? He yep. pays gas, insurance. He bought his car. He so he's paying those things for himself. Yes. Prior... <clears throat> To getting your own car you have to chip in and what we would do is like we don't make money on our kids but what we do is we say okay if we're driving you to work from the house to there and back is this many miles we get this much gas you know right. we get yeah. this many miles per gallon gallon of gas is this much we do the math every day you go to work you owe us this much mm-hmm. we did that with moses you on. got it that's just Yep. part of working and with him it was uh like 23 miles one way yeah because he worked we were on the east side of the valley we had to drive all the way to the Man, west side two of the hours valley. of driving yeah it's crazy so they had to pay that you know we're still giving you all of our time yeah but you're gonna pay for the gas and again we weren't making money on our kids we're teaching them a lesson that this costs something and because it costs us something, it's going to yeah. cost you something because you're working. Right. We're not driving you across town for school, mm-hmm. you know, and charging you for that. You're working. You're making lots of money. So you got to pay some bills. Yeah. And that for, comes with working. And I don't know. I don't recall what else we did as far as we didn't bother him for if there's any maintenance on the car. <laughs> no, no, no. Just It was most just gas reimbursement. Okay. So here's another one for you. And this is one I'm going to tell everyone you don't have to do this, but if you want, you can apply this to your family and it will solve some problems. If, and, and I, I was like this close to doing it. I still might pull the trigger one day. It depends. So now we have six kids and what I was going to say is, okay, if you kids can't learn to turn the lights off, (laughs) then you're going to be responsible for a percentage of the utility bill. I do like that if they can't keep the lights off, you know. You got it. How long do you think it would take before they all got in line? They would start shutting lights off on their brothers and sisters (laughs) when they were reading. You bet. Uh huh. 30 minutes. They'd be like, nope, not doing that. Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. We're going to get this thing down. Mm hmm. In the same way, okay, we just had a situation two nights ago when our dog was not put in his crate. And what he did was he spent the entire night sniffing around the farm and barking every time the wind blew. And it woke me up. And I told the kids, okay, here, here it is. This is an easy one. From now on, when the dog's left out of his crate and he barks and he wakes dad up, I'm waking up the four older boys and you're all getting out of bed and getting your shoes on and you're all going outside and you're going to find him and you're going to put him in his crate. Okay, that's the new deal. I am not leaving the house. <laughs> And I don't care if it's the middle of winter and there's snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what's going how, Again, how many times do you think they're going to forget to put the dog away at night? They, they won't. They won't. 
They'll lock them up. Or it'll happen once, one yeah. time. And they will never do it again. Right. So I'm a big fan of that. I don't see a problem with that. If your kids, you know, just don't respect electricity, what they're doing is they're not respecting a dollar. And they're not mm-hmm. respecting your dollars. And for a dad, see, so we're a single income family, right? Now, you do certain things and make the house money from home in a few a different ways. Bit, not yeah. much. But for the most part, we're a single income yeah. family. So when they're wasting money, I look at it as you are causing me to work more hours for your wastefulness. Yeah. That, so that's for me, true. okay, you guys are going to pay for it. So split it up. Give the kids a percentage, whatever you want. There you go. Better come up with the, the money. Oh, no, you don't get lights uh, this month. You couldn't pay your bill. We're unscrewing all the light bulbs in your bedroom. Anything that takes electricity, you don't get it this month. Yeah. They'll learn. Yeah. That'll change them real fast. Okay, so now, if you don't think I'm a bad guy yet, give me another chance, and you are going to think I'm a bad guy in two seconds. The plan, and I explained this to the kids. I went over it with the older three kids so far. I said, here's what's going to happen. The day you turn 18 you are going to start paying dad rent. What we're going to do is we're going to give you your own bedroom. You're going to pay dad $500 a month in rent. We're going to come up with a meal plan. This meal plan is only going to include dinner. If you want, you can eat dinner with the family every night of the week. Breakfast and lunch are your responsibility. Okay, you have a job. You're going to provide for your own meals but as far as dinner we can work that out and we can say okay it's going to be x number of dollars for the month you get to eat dinner you know every uh every day of the week now right out of the gate five hundred dollars a month in rent is cheaper than any kid is going to be able to find rent anywhere in this valley they are going to be able to live at home with the purpose of saving up money so that they could put it on a down payment of a house yeah, and they can move out and they can move forward with their life. Now, mm-hmm. if you say that's horrible, <clears throat> you don't have to keep the money. As a parent, you're going to save the money, throw it in a savings account. We don't need the money. Yeah. I'm probably going to keep it. But a lot of people don't keep it. That's fine. I'm going to take it all and I'm going to throw it at my mortgage. So that way, when my house is paid off, the last thing that we owe anyone money on, okay, I will have this much more money every month, and I can use that for whatever I want, including helping our kids when they are trying to start a job or get married or whatever they need, okay? But I'm a cheapskate. If you love your kids and you're not a cheapskate, don't keep the money. Don't tell them you're saving it up for them and you're going to give it to them. Put it in a money market account. (coughs) Excuse me. You can find them online. Go to Capital One right now. Look at their 360-degree, you know, savings plan, uh, uh, CapitalOne.com, 4.3% a year. Just throw it in that. Yeah. It's liquid. You can get it out whenever you want. There's no minimum balances, no fees, no nothing, okay? Take $500 a month, just throw it in there. Keep throwing it in there and leave it there. Give it to them the day they get married. Give it to them when they are looking to um, buy a house. You know it would be great? Yeah, surprise them. Okay, here's one for you. You're their parent. 
do you know what you know about them that they don't know you know about them? You know their uh, social security number. You know yeah. their date of birth. You uh-huh. know all the information. You can open up that bank account for them in their name. I guess so. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Yeah, so remember, say, ha, 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 <laughs> we're just joking. But ready for this? What's the hardest part about buying a house when you're young? Credit. Okay. Right? Credit and? The down payment. The down payment. And the problem with the down payment is that you can't just have rich uncle so-and-so hand you $50,000 cash and you throw it into the bank and you tell the lender, oh, I have the money. Because they're going to see when the money showed up and they're going to say, what is this? They want to see that the money's been in an account that your name is on for so long. Mm -hmm. So if they see that you've been saving $500 a month in this money market account with your name and social security number on it, when they go to pull your credit, it's going to show up and they're going to say, wow, look at this. You already have $30,000 and you've been saving this from the time you were 18 years old. And you can Mm. tell your kid, you're welcome. Yeah. I've been doing that for you with this, you know, rent that we started saving when you were 18. You lived in the house for four years while you, whatever, you know, went to college or were working a job and saving up in order to, you know, buy a house and, you know, marry the girl you love and whatever. And we've been socking it away for you in this interest bearing account. And now all that money's still there and it's for you. You can do it whatever way you want. I don't care. I'm just giving you some ideas. What I told the kids I'm going to do is you're going to pay me $500. You're going to get your own bedroom. We were going to buy a second refrigerator and we were going to, with that rent, you're going to get space in that fridge. Okay. So these bottom two shelves are yours. Okay. You're providing your own breakfast and lunch. You can do that however you want. Dinner is going to be on us with this meal plan. Okay. Included in that $500, you get electricity and heat and air conditioning and all the stuff you got all the stuff that it's really good it's a good deal and they're going to want to do it it's going to help the parents because i hate to tell everyone but by the time that your kid is 18 years old you've already spent like thirty thousand dollars on this kid okay with meals and sneakers and doctors and everything like that's easy that's what you've burned up on this kid So now that they are in, you know, their time where they have a full-time job and they're making money and they're figuring out what they want to do in life, they can rent from you. They can do it cheap. It can go into whatever you want, money you're going to give to them, can pay off your mortgage, get you closer to retirement, okay? Whatever you want to do, you're going to get a fridge. They're going to be able to rent so much out of it. You're going to plug it in in the you know, in the garage or wherever you have space, they're going to get on another meal plan. You're going to figure out the math and say, okay, if you want to eat dinner here, it's going to cost you this much more a month and bada bing, you're ready to get going. And whenever you want to move out, that's fine. You can move out. Now you're going to sign a lease. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh And you're going to make it legitimate. And that way, and what you're doing is you're again, helping train them for the real world yeah i get that mm-hmm. so that is what i already told our three oldest that's what we're gonna do when you turn 18 sounds good to me and if we ever get tired of you we're gonna <laughs> evict you we're gonna kick you on out you can get your own place i hope you've been saving money
Yeah, I guess it's not a shock to me. I'm, I moved out at 18. Yeah, and, and I did too. And the fact is your I parents and my parents would have let us stay if we yeah. wanted to. I, I just and wanted to move out. My parents would have let me stay for free, I'm sure. You know, I imagine yours yeah, would have as well. I, yeah, mine would have. I mean, I, I might have had some responsibilities, but. What I'm matter. saying is I don't see that as helping the kids. See, parent, so many parents have this broken idea that if we make our kids' life harder, then it's not good for them. We're not helping them. It's like, no, 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 no. You got it all backwards. Them learning to overcome difficulties, them having to struggle and work hard, that is preparing them for the real world. Yeah. That is helping them. There is value in that. And like I said, again, if you don't want to keep your kids money when they're paying your rent, when they turn 18, you don't have to. Okay. That's fine. You make up your own plan. I'm just telling you what my plan is. And I've already talked to the three older boys. I said, look, if all three of you, and this is, we're, we're going into, you know, we're, we're going to hit about an hour and a half by the time I'm wrapping up this point. So give me five more minutes and I'll be done. I already told the older three kids, I said, look, if you guys are smart, you sock away every single dollar you can. The three of you go into your first property together and buy the biggest house you can possibly get with a massive master bedroom. And the three of you, you all bunk up in the there. master bedroom. You got it. You yeah, have your okay. own bathroom. You keep it clean. You guys have lived with three of you yeah. in a bedroom your whole life. Yeah. It's not going to hurt you. And what you guys are going to do is you're going to rent out all the other bedrooms. Yeah. Okay. Find reasonable, hardworking, clean yeah. people that are going to be good. Right. And there are plenty of them. Yeah. And they're going to pay your mortgage. You're not going to have to pay a penny for that house. And then what you're going to do is you're going to save up all that money that you would be putting down toward the mortgage. And you're just going to sock it away and sock it away and sock it away. And guess what? All of a sudden, you guys are going to turn around. You're going to have enough money to buy a second one. Mm, yeah, good idea. But with that second one, you're going to do it again. You're just going to rent the whole thing out. And then you're going to do it again. And by the time one of you guys is old enough where it's like, okay, I've had enough of this lifestyle. I've met a girl. I want to get married. I right. want to settle down. Right. Well, guess what? You have three houses. Yeah, between the three of them. You got right? it. Which one's yours? Oh. Okay. Smart. So I've already told them, like, if you guys really want to get ahead, if you work together doing it, mm -hmm. you guys could take over the world. And, you know, if you own those three houses, you would still, even if you decided, I'm going to get married and rent one of them, okay, you still have the income coming in from the others that you get a third share of. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a great way for yeah, them to get going. Idea. And then you have assets, income producing assets. Yeah, that's huge. At a young age. Right. We'll see if they go for it. But Good idea. those are my yeah, and you know what? That's what I wish I was doing when I was younger. I wish I had someone like me pushing me mm -hmm. to do those things. But here we are. You know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, we're fans of real estate. We have a few rentals. They've been very good to us. We're saving money to buy, you know, more rentals in the future. We're, we're fans of it. Um, you know, I just wish that I got started 
when I was 16 instead of later yeah. in life. That's all. Okay. Any other thoughts or ideas as far as money with kids and what you want to teach them and, you know, things of this nature? I have. Any questions on the. Oh, here. Well, we have one good point. So oh. Nick wrote in that he started charging his daughter for socks that they left downstairs. <laughs> I'm going to use that. And guess what? They no longer have socks left downstairs. I am using that for one of our boys. Yeah. Who just I takes off his shoes and socks Nick. and just throws them everywhere. I find socks. Yep. One day I found them. I kid you not. The yeah. same person. Yeah. Under the couch. On the kitchen counter. I yeah. walk outside. They're in like the chicken pen. Oh, yeah. What the? Yeah. <laughs> Where does it's this like happen? there's a sock in this <laughs> box of cereal. Yeah. Like this has got to stop. It was crazy. I love that. Yeah. Good. Start charging them whatever. 50 cents a sock or something like that. See if it, you know, see That's if it funny. fixes anything. I'll, all I wanted to say, and I guess this is maybe towards the moms and may, I'm hoping they're staying. Give home. it to them. Uh, do <laughs> sacrifice for your kids. Uh-huh. Let your, you know, I've become the number one. Uh, behind the scenes, I don't know what you call it, the support. I'm the support crew mm -hmm. for my family. Yeah. I'm no longer invested in me. You mm -hmm. know, that's such a thing this day, these days. It's all, what all do you want to do? and self-care and taking care of yeah. everything that I love. That's become uh, an extreme. Yeah. I, I do things for myself. Yeah, you have hobbies. I run. Yeah, I you do, do things that are go good for you mentally and done. physically and emotionally. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing things. wrong with having good, yeah. healthy things in your life. But your life is predominantly supposed to be the support crew. Yeah. I'm sorry, women. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Yep. You're supposed to be the person that's helping your children and your husband get a leg up in life. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing that. I've been driving my sons who are 15 to work. Get yeah. For a while there, I was having to get some of them to work at 6 a.m. Uh -huh. So we're getting up at 4.45, yeah. get in the car, and that's great. And, mm -hmm. now, and I'm glad I can do that because they are not even graduated high school yet. They're earning money, started their 401ks because I've been willing to Roth get up. Roth IRAs, get... but it's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Roth <laughs> Stupid woman. Moses would have corrected you. She's like, I don't have a 401k, hey, mom. All I'm it's doing not is getting to work. them to work. I'm not the financial person. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, if I wasn't willing to do it, mm -hmm. they wouldn't have been able to work. It wouldn't happen. I don't have time. I'm at work. Yeah. Like, you know, and what am I going to do? Not Stop every working. Woman can do drive. it. Yeah. Oh, and, you know. But Keep in mind, folks, everything that you're hearing from Joanna and I starts out with the foundation of homeschooling. Yeah. That like, if you're not a homeschooling family, you're like, well, what good is that to me? Well, maybe you'll figure it out and start homeschooling. How about that? Maybe you'll finally, you know, the light bulb will go on and you'll realize that you're missing out because you're not homeschooling. I can't fix that. Okay, I, I, I can't help you with that. But I had a friend of mine ask me, so you know the house that I'm remodeling and the gentleman that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot and he's seen the kids come over and he's seen the kids work with me and work with him and, you know, and he's complimented us on the kids and he's like, hey, Patrick, you know, uh, how are you able to get this out of your kids? I've been just struggling with being able to do that. And I look at him and I roll my eyes and I laugh and I say, you want to know the answer? Homeschool your kids. And he's like, Boy, that's the truth. And I said, look, yeah. man, I hate to tell you, but my answer to everything is homeschool your kids. Like, well, how do you get your kids to work hard? Well, homeschool right. them. Then you yeah. have the time to work with them. You can train them whatever you want. 
you know, if you don't, if you don't homeschool your kids, they're just going to learn whatever stupid nonsense the government schools tells them to learn. They're going to learn how to be good BLM supporters and, oh, you know, Lord and help. protest Israel. Okay. Change That's their, what you get if you're going to send gender. your kids to school. So if you want them to be pinko commie nut job weirdo freak morons, keep sending them to public school. It's going to work out great. Yeah. Okay? Sorry, everyone. I got him yeah. started on the. <laughs> but it's like, how do you get your kids to work hard? Homeschool. How do you get your kids to behave so well? Homeschool them. How do you get your... Homeschool them. Yeah. Hey, Patrick, I've noticed your kids. Homeschool them. If you don't do that, you don't have the time and opportunity to teach them anything. That's the secret. If you don't want to accept that, guess what? You're not... You know, that's the recipe. If you don't want to follow my recipe, you ain't going to get what I got. Okay, good luck. I know a bunch of you think like, oh, yeah, my kids will turn out wonderful in public school. All right, keep telling yourself that. No, they won't. There are going to be several things you're going to be seriously disappointed in. You're going to be wildly disappointed in. You're going to be so discouraged and sick to your stomach when you see what your kids learn and come home from public school with. Yes. And that's only the stuff that they'll talk to you about and you learn about. All the stuff that they learn that they don't even want to bring up to you. I don't, you know, scary. I don't oh want to know. It's it's out of control. So all I wanted to say is yeah. that we, as women, uh, any women, women listening, you're going to have to push against the tide of popular culture. It's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to sacrifice for your family. No one else is going to do it. No sacrifice for your children. It this the modern day. Uh, influence on women is horrible. Mm-hmm. It, they, they are promoted. They're promoting. I'm. I don't have the words. But it's you know, selfishness it's self, and self-centeredness se- and self-worship. Yeah. And it's humanism. It's all about it me. It's not. Yeah. You had your time. Yeah. You have a f- husband and you have children. Yeah. Your job is to take care of them. You're a mom and a wife. I say Grow the same thing to the husbands. It. It's like <laughs> you. You don't get hobbies and friends anymore. If you have time for that, that's wonderful. Okay, that that's absolutely wonderful. But what comes first is your family. Your family and God, those things are what's the most important. If you happen to be well enough off and you can schedule your time and you can do other things, that's wonderful. Okay, but if your family is lacking and your relationship with God is lacking, then you are a failure as a man. Those are the things. That's what God calls you to do. It's your job. And if you, if your kids are not doing well, if your wife is not doing well, if your family is falling apart, you're the failure, dad. Okay. God gave you the burden. Okay. It's hard. They, they call us men because it's hard. So you have to pick up the mantle. You got to pull up your, you know, the big boy pants and you got to do your job. And it's a shame because moms and dads, neither of them want to do that. They want to keep living in this type of, you know, uh, self-satisfying, self-fulfilling, you know, life of the flesh. And it's like, yeah, we're beyond that. We're, you know, yeah. we're more into the, like the Jesus time where we sacrifice for others and we're selfless. Like that's the job, you know? Yeah. That's all I wanted to say is like, yeah. Well put. I, okay. <laughs> Sorry to not be so nice, but 
not sorry. You know, the, your kids need you. And if you will help them, they'll have a massive leg up in life. Yeah. And honestly, you'll be so thrilled when people tell you that your kids are doing well, when people compliment you on it, it's going to make you so much happier than anything else, you know, yeah. in your life. That's where I get my satisfaction from. And my self-worth yeah. is I see thanks to me getting up and driving them to their and you taking them to work. Yeah. Our kids are starting to succeed. Have, yeah. And it, nothing could make me more proud. And who knows? They might become rich and take care of us. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully. Anyway. Yeah, we'll see if that all happens. I, had. I didn't want to. Okay, everybody, thank you for joining us. We are on uh, YouTube and Facebook Live every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central. Please go to BibleThumperPodcast.com, get on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page, like it, follow it, share it, and wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us, subscribe to the podcast, like it, follow it, share it. It helps get this message in front of other people. We really do appreciate everybody that listens to us and, you know, we'll see you next Sunday about 7 p.m. And I think... No, we have one more week. I don't know who's on next week, but the following one, Zach's going to be back on with me. So thanks for sticking with us. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.